Welcome to the First Player Token Podcast, a short podcast for folks who enjoy playing board games with family and friends. I'm your host, Derek Bruff. Usually when I review and recommend a board game here on the podcast, I've played that game at least 10 times. That way I know the game well, and I know it has some staying power. That means I usually review older games, but I also like to play new games too. That leads me to this bonus episode you're listening to right now. Instead of a scripted and highly edited review of a family favorite game, I present to you my loosely organized thoughts about a first play of a new board game. Today we're going to take a look at After Us from Pandasaurus Games. It's a 2023 game designed by Florian Syriax with art by Vincent Dutrait. It was that Dutrait art that caught my eye. He is a prolific board game artist, having worked on games like Jaipur, Lewis and Clark The Expedition, Raptor, Broom Service, Longhorn, and more. None actually that I've reviewed on the podcast yet, so I'm glad to fix that here in this first play. Um, the theme of the game is that it's 2083, uh, all the humans on Earth are gone, and the apes rule the planet. <laughs> uh, the cover of the game has a very bold logo that says, After Us, and uh, it's this beautiful sunny day scene with the Eiffel Tower in the background falling apart, and uh, a band of, of apes led by a gorilla kind of marching out into the world. Um, it's very, very Planet of the Apes feeling here. In the game, each player leads a tribe of apes, and you're going to try to grow your tribe and grow your, grow your collective intelligence. Um, that's basically code for earning points. The, uh, the thing that really got me uh, interested in playing the game, other than the art, was this primate assembly mechanism that's in the game. And I'll, I'll say more about it in a minute, but it's a way of kind of putting cards next to each other uh, cleverly to generate resources where you actually have to move the cards around left to right in, in the row, and, and that's going to determine what kind of resources you get. I've never really seen that mechanic in a game before. So uh, it's actually been uh, in beta on Board Game Arena, a website where you can play digital versions of old-fashioned board games. And often there will be new games there that uh, publishers are, are trying to get more attention to, and that totally worked here. So I, was, I played it a few times in beta and really, really liked it, especially this primate assembly mechanism. And so uh, my friend Micah happened to be at Gen Con, one of the big board gaming conventions, a few weeks ago. He was working the Keymaster booth there. Um, and I told him to keep an eye out for it, and uh, he, he spotted it and got it for me, and I'm, I'm quite thankful for that. It's, at the time, it wasn't out in retail yet. Um, it is now available, but it, I, I felt a, a little, I, you know, not getting to go to Gen Con was a bit of a bummer, but getting one early release game uh, for my friend who went made up for that. So um, how does After Us work? Well, it's a, it's a deck-building game. Um, we've talked about a couple of those here on the podcast. Clank was one of them back in episode 25. You um, start the game with a, a, a deck of eight cards. Everyone has the same starting card, so each player gets their own deck that they're going to be drawing from and using. Um, the starting cards are all uh, tamarins, which are technically not apes. They are monkeys. They're not very powerful cards, but um, when you play them, you'll start to generate resources um, that you use in the game, fruit, grains, and flowers. And you can use those resources to attract other apes to your tribe. So you start off with this tribe of kind of simple tamarins that don't do a heck of a lot. But over the course of the game, you're going to be recruiting more apes to your tribe, gorillas and mandrills and orangutans and chimpanzees. And they each come with different powers. 
and each is represented on a card. So you'll start off with these eight cards in your deck, but you'll be adding cards to your deck as you go. So you'll draw four cards, you'll play them, um, you'll put them in your discard, you'll draw four cards again, you'll play them, you put them in your discard, and whenever you need to draw and you can't, you'll just shuffle your discard and turn that into your deck again. So the cards that you add to your deck as you go um, are going to strengthen your deck and the things that you can do with them. That's the, kind of the core of the deck building game. So the game has three main phases in each round. So you're going to assemble the tribe, you're going to attract new apes, and then you're going to rest. So assembling the tribe is where this primate assembly mechanism comes in. So you draw four cards and you line them up left to right. Each card has three rows of frames. So that's the term in the game, but they're basically little boxes with different icons inside. So the icons are going to represent the resources or the points that that frame is going to generate for you. Now, some of the frames, some of these little rectangles are in the middle of the card. So they are complete rectangles. The whole rectangle appears on the card. Others are on the edge of a card so that you'll only see like the right half of a rectangle on the left edge of a card. Or on the other side of the card, on the right side of the card, you'll have the left half of a rectangle. And so um, what you need to do is line your cards up from left to right, and you can, you can put them in any order you want, and try to match up those incomplete frames on the edges of the card so that if you put a right half together with a left half, now it's a complete frame. Because once you get your lineup set up, any complete frame that appears on the card, whether it's in the interior of a card or if it's created by joining two half frames, any complete frame will generate those resources, whatever it shows in there. So that's where the, um, let's see, the, the flowers are these little blue wooden tokens that kind of look like flowers. The, um, let's see, the fruit are orange. Um, they kind of look like, I don't know, apples or peaches or something. Um, again, wooden tokens. And then the, uh, the grains, I believe they are, just look like um, black pods of some sort. Um, and there's also batteries. So again, the humans have left, the apes rule the planet. And so there's this little sub-theme about the apes figuring out how to use human technology. So you put your, your four cards together in your primate assembly, arrange them like you want them so you can kind of maximize how those frames connect. Then you generate a bunch of resources. And um, sometimes the frames give you points, sometimes they give you resources. Uh, sometimes there's kind of a cost, so you might trade like a fruit and a flower for three points or something like that. So that's the assembling the tribe phase. Then you move on to the attracting new apes phase. So that's when you're gonna use those resources. So there's this game board. Um, yes, this is a board game with an actual game board on it. Um, and you're gonna lay out these eight piles of additional cards. These are the, the apes that you can attract to your tribe. So, um, there's four types of apes, and then each of them has a level one card and a level two card, and that's more powerful. And they cost different things. So like the gorillas here, um, the level one gorillas are going to cost three of those grain resources. The level two gorillas are going to cost six of those grain resources. Um, the orangutans use the fruit. So level three, um, excuse me, level one orangutan costs three fruit, and level two orangutan costs six fruit. They've got your mandrels, they run off the flowers, level one and level two, and then the chimpanzees, which can use any kind of resource to purchase. And each of these apes has kind of a different specialty. So they all are gonna generate resources and maybe some points as part of the primate assembly, the first phase of the round. 
when you draw them. Um, but they kind of specialize a little bit. So the, the mandrels are the, the easiest. They're, they're in the blue, and they, they generate more points, basically. So they have more point box, more frames on them that generate points. The um, orangutans, uh, they are orange, and they generate more of these battery resources. Because every time you play the game, you're going to have three different found objects from a set of, it looks like there's seven total. So you'll shuffle these seven, you'll pick three. So there's a boom box, there's a, a mini bar, <laughs> there's a old gaming console, there's a mobile phone, there's a moped, there's a computer, um, and there's a pinball machine. And so each of these are, show you some, you know, old human technology, and you can use some number of batteries to kind of charge this up. And so some of them are pretty simple, like the computer just gives you five points when you spend five batteries. Um, but others, uh, like the moped, allows you to uh, add extra apes to your deck. Um, and then the other one I've played with is the boombox. You can spend two batteries and um, uh, discard one of the cards that you drew and drew another one. So um, these give you kind of little bonuses along the way, and so and maybe some big points. So the batteries are an important resource. And the orangutans are going to give you more of those. Um, the chimpanzees are kind of uh, flex players. They let you repeat the action in one of those frames. So if you had a frame that gave you three points or three resources, you could use a chimpanzee ability to just repeat that frame. The gorillas are um, the most interesting, I think, because they give you rage points. So on your player board, there's this rage tracker at the bottom from 0 to 12. And gorillas will get angry, <laughs> apparently, and they will chase out other apes from your tribe. So anytime you want to, you can spend four rage points, if you have it, and take one of your one of the cards in your current uh, round in your primate assembly and just remove it from the game. So it's gone. It's not part of your tribe anymore. And so often this means that you're going to be using those rage points to get rid of those starting cards that you had, the tamarins that aren't super powerful. And so I have this vision of the gorillas chasing off these tiny little cute monkeys. Um, but that allows you to kind of uh, thin your deck um, and tune it so that you have your most powerful cards in it. As you're doing this, you're looking for opportunities to score points. Um, again, the points come on the cards. There's different frames. Sometimes that just give you a free, free point or two. Other times um, you have to spend some resources to earn some points. So every time you're doing this, you're going to hopefully earn some points, and the first player to reach 80 points wins the game. Okay, so that's a lot, but it gives you kind of a sense of how the game is put together. Again, the um, Primate Assembly is super clever. My stepson and I uh, played this game. Uh, this is a first-play review. We have played it exactly once, um, although, like I say, I've played it on Board Game Arena a few times digitally. Um, so I sat down with him right after we played and asked him for his thoughts on After Us. So we just played After Us. Yep. The game about gorillas. Yep. And such. Yeah. So what'd you think? I liked it. <laughs> what uh, was your what was your strategy in this game? To get all the two pointers. The level two cards? The level two cards. Yeah, the stronger gorillas. The stronger ones. How many points do you think you got in the last round? Twenty two. I mean, how many actual points did you get? Not fake points. Twenty two. <laughs> you might have. You were at like forty five and you ended up at like sixty nine. So you got like 23 points or something. Mm. Yeah. Do you, what about the, the, the boxes and resources and such? I've never seen a game that had a mechanism uh, like that. I like that you connect the things to get more points. Yeah. And stuff like 
I just get five points for free right here. Yeah. Was it a fun little puzzle to try to figure out what mm -hmm. order to put the cards in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. What do you think of the illustrations? I like them. They're really good. Yeah, these are pretty scary looking monkeys. So, do you want to play this game again sometime? Yes. It plays with up to six players. That would be kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of monkeys. I like the fact that the apes are taking over the world. What do you think happened to the humans in this world? Uh, they all perished. They all perished? Oh, yeah. Was it like climate change or something? Maybe. Maybe all the apes ate them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe when they went, uh, they all went to the Earth's crust. <laughs> Wait, we're on the uh, Earth's crust. Or the... It's the outside of the Earth. Uh, or the, the... core? Core. They went to the core of the Earth. Yes. All the humans are living in the core of the Earth. Yes. Isn't it too hot there? Yeah, that's why they died there. Oh, they <laughs> foolishly moved to the Earth's, Earth's core, and they then they thought, all melted and died. They they, they thought uh, uh, they thought something was living down there, so they went and checked it out, but there's actually nothing living down there, so they just perished. They all perished. One of the cards we got to use was the moped, and you used it a bunch. Oh, yeah. Did you imagine an orangutan driving a moped when you used it? Are you imagining an uh, orangutan driving a moped now? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think? No for the first question, yes for the second question. <laughs> <laughs> you think you had a pack full of orangutans and gorillas and mandrills and they were all riding around on mopeds? I don't, I don't know how, uh, how the ones that carry the batteries and look really fat can the orangutans, fit, the can orange fit ones? on the bike. Though. Yeah. Do you think they're too big for the bike? Yeah. <laughs> what about a computer? Which monkeys do you think, which apes do you think could use a computer? Um, the angry ones, because they'll just smack, right, they'll just smack the computer and something happens. Oh. And they're like, ooh! <laughs> the gorillas would yeah. just smash the computer. Yeah. And then something would happen. Uh -huh. And they get five points. Yes. <laughs> okay. So thanks to the 12-year-old for those thoughts. I love all his conjectures about what happened to all the humans. <laughs> so uh, what works about this game? Well, I think the, the primate assembly, as it's called, that mechanism is really fun. I have never seen a game like this where you, you draw the cards and you're moving the cards around left to right in a sequence, and that's going to determine what resources you get. That presents this kind of puzzle every round of the game, um, trying to kind of maximize your resources and decide which ones you need more than others, right, to go with your strategy. So I really like that. It's unique and has this nice little puzzle element to it. The art by Vincent Dutrait did not disappoint. Um, he is, again, one of my favorite board game artists, and he, he did a really great job here. Um, the, the apes depicted on the cards are, are very lively. <laughs> um, and each of the player boards is, is different. So there's um, six player boards, because this game can handle up to six players. And like this one here for the... I think it's an orange player. The apes are living in the supermarket, it appears. And so there's this illustration on the back of these apes, kind of the gorillas taking a refrigerator out and there's a chimpanzee riding in the shopping cart, right? So there's a little bit of humor here. The, the rage marker on this player board is a whole bunch of different um, like street signs with numbers on it. So the number is zero to 12, each is a, is a street sign with a number. Um, but all six of these are, are unique. There's, uh, yeah, I played the yellow board, and so the apes are hanging out at uh, um, a circus, not a circus, uh, like a, 
amusement park. That's what I'm looking for. So there's like, you can see some apes in the background hanging out on the Ferris wheel. Um, and uh, the three chimpanzees in the front are doing the um, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil poses. Um, and the numbers on this one are like targets at a at a amusement park game of some sort. Um, the numbers zero through twelve. So anyway, there, there's there's just a lot of fun here um, in the art. And between that art and the bit about the the found human objects, right, like the apes using mopeds and computers and such. Um, there's definitely um, a lot of theme here, um, which I appreciate. The game is easy to learn. Um, the uh, uh, you know understanding that primate assembly thing, as I was trying to explain, is a little bit hard. But when you're looking at the cards in front of you, it's pretty intuitive. A Twelve-year-old picked it up really fast, which I appreciate. Our game lasted just over an hour, I think, but I bet we would be closer to about 45 minutes next time, just like the box says, now that we know how to play. So it's a fairly quick playing game. Getting to 80 is, is not going to take all afternoon. Um, what didn't work as well, it's a little fiddly. Um, when you're in that uh, resource collection phase and you're having to make sure that you've activated each frame on your cards and you've gotten the right kind of resources, there's a lot of picking up of these little wooden tokens and making sure that you've got the right numbers. Um, that's a minor quibble. Um, I think for younger players, though, it may be more of an issue. So the box says ages 13 and up. But, um, you know, my 12-year-old did just fine. I did kind of check his work a couple of times to make sure he was pulling the right resources based on the cards that he had. And so I think you could play it with younger players, like maybe ages 9 or 10, if you're willing to kind of look over their shoulder a little bit. My main concern about this game is that there's very little player interaction. You know, again, I like the game, but um, I feel like maybe there could be an expansion that has a little bit more overall competition. The You're racing to 80, so there's definitely a race feel to it, um, but your actions don't do a lot to affect other players. So overall, I was on the fence about getting this, but um, I think what tipped me over is that the game has a solo mode, which I'm excited to try out. Um, I think I'll be able to get that to the table a little more frequently. It also plays up to six players, which is fantastic. Uh, there, It's hard to find a kind of thinky game like this that handles six players well, and I expect this will do that really well. So I'm excited uh, to have it in my collection. I'm excited to get it to game night and try to play it with some of my adult game playing friends. Um, it's a quality deck builder. Uh, it's not... It's a pure deck builder. So Clank, I feel like, is a little different because you're you're building your deck in order to do something else. In that case, to travel around the dungeon and get treasure and get out before the dragon can get you. Uh, this is more of a pure deck builder like Dominion, where you're building the deck itself and the deck is going to generate the points that you use to win. It's a really good pure deck builder, um, and I really like it for that. There you have it, my initial thoughts on After Us from Pandasaurus Games. Will this hit the table again in the future? Uh, I don't know, but I hope so. Hope to bring it out at a game night soon. And uh, if it does and it holds up under repeated plays, you might just hear a full review of the game here on First Player Token in the future. That's it for this First Play bonus episode. I've been your host, Derek Bruff. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to play some games. So what did you like about that monkey? He has a battery in his hands and he's really fat. <laughs> he does look pretty chubby. You can only I think he's an ape. I keep saying monkey. Do you know the difference between monkeys and apes? No. Well, actually, yeah. Yeah? You do? What are they? Uh, uh, 
apes are fat <laughs> and monkeys are uh, tiny. I think. <laughs> don't monkeys have tails and apes don't? Monkeys have tails and a- apes have even longer tails. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the difference. What's the difference between monkeys and apes? They're both primates. They're both fat. (laughs) Stop saying fat. (laughs) Ah! The quickest way to tell the difference between a monkey and an ape is the tail. Almost all monkeys have tails. Apes do not. (laughs) Oh, monkeys are generally smaller and narrow-chested, while apes are larger and have broader chests. See, I told you they're fat. (laughs) (laughs) 